Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Tonight, praise God, I'm going to talk to you about something that's been on my mind for several weeks, and we, we might wind up making a couple of weeks out of this. I'm not sure. We'll just see. But we're going to talk about fellowship tonight. And it's interesting. I mean, I thought at one time maybe I would talk about this before our fall fellowship, and it just didn't happen. Um, so, and then last week I thought, it, it crossed my mind. I went, no, that's, that's, that's not what I need to do for tonight. But I came back to it today. And uh, I want to talk to you about fellowship because it's important. Go with me to Acts, the second chapter, please. Acts 2. Verse 42, glory to God. Hallelujah. Acts 2, verse 42. Ah, hallelujah. It's hard to just start in the middle of this kind of thought. So let me just start in verse 41. And they that, were gladly, that, they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls, and they continued. These we're talking about 3,000 here, folks. These 3,000 continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. The Knox translation says um, that they occupied themselves continually. Another uh, translation says they gave constant attention to, and the 20th century New Testament says they regularly presented themselves. Uh, Things the Amplified says they devoted themselves in the apostles' doctrine, teaching, and fellowship and in breaking of bread and prayers. You know, your, your spiritual life consists of a lot of different segments. And here we see doctrine, teaching. We see fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. And uh, in Acts 2.46, it says, they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Now, when I read that, you know, I began to, to think they continued daily with one accord. They went from house to house, and God added to the church. Well, don't, don't you, can't you see where there's a, there's a connection here? They continued daily in fellowship They went from house to house, and God added to the church. You know, it's amazing that one of the things that we've seen over the years is that if you can get somebody interested enough to come to a fellowship, you can eventually get them in church. A fellowship is a great entrance for somebody to decide they want to come be around you. And I believe that if you look at this, these two verses, you see that just the fact that they went from house to house, they ate with gladness and singleness of heart, that, it was, that what was added to the church came as partly of a result of fellowship. 
you know, I remember Doug Brown, you know, Lori came to us, I think is in, was, I think it was 1983. She was, uh, there was somebody, a member of our church at the time who had a, a small computer business and she was working for him. And, um, and then Leah came to work there too, I believe. And, uh, because of, of them, she came to church. She's just a, just a Catholic girl. She didn't know anything. She came to church you know, all she'd, all she'd ever, ever known, you know, about the things of God was just kind of, you know, this kind of stuff. And she, you know, really hadn't been in, involved in reading her Bible or really know about what the scriptures talk about or anything. But she came to church. She, she got born again. And uh, so, you know, she just came into it with all her heart. And uh, that's the way that ought to be, you know. If you're going to be all in, I'll be all in. And she just dove right into the middle of it. You know, so for the next year, you know, she was at church continually. She and Doug, as I recall, were not having the best of times in their married life, and, and they, were, they were just, um, it was tenuous at best. Anybody in married couples ever been there? Times are tenuous at best. And, uh, and so, you know, she'd come to things, and, and, you know, she'd come to fellowships, one thing or another. She'd, she'd uh, take him a plate. And then one day he said, well, I think it was, um, I think maybe in the Christmas dinner that year we had at the old church, we had a fellowship hall downstairs and wouldn't hold us all now, but it was sufficient back then. And uh, he said, bring me something. She said, I am not going to bring you anything. If you want something, you have to come get it yourself. So he did. I think that was, a, uh, I don't know, it was a Saturday night maybe. And, um, and then he came to church the next day. And he's been here ever since. It's in, fellowship is important. It's not something to look at as though it's um, optional. It should not be optional. Amen. Everett back there can give me a good hearty amen when he gets ready. Hallelujah. Hebrews 10, verses 24 to 25. Let's go there. Hebrews. 10, verse 24 and 25, it says, Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Uh, you know, Pastor, has ta- we've talked about this so many times. And... Um, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. We always look at that as not forsaking the times that we come together in a church service in this kind of a setting. But I want to to offer this to you. Forsaking the assembling of yourselves together also applies to fellowships. You know, God doesn't just call us to come into a location like this for an environment like this. And that's all that he calls us to. When there are fellowships planned, he is calling you to that as well as to a regular church service on Wednesday and on Sunday. And we, we don't always look at it that way. In fact, I, until I started looking at this today, I thought, I guess I've never really applied that to a fellowship time like I do to a church service. But it should be looked at the very same way. If it was that important in the book of Acts that they continued in fellowship and in breaking of bread, then it's as important today. It was important to them as as well as doctrine. It's listed with doctrine. 
And so today, it's, we, we should look at this not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as it applies to fellowships as well. You know, Pastor, you know, he goes over this a lot. And when it says not forsaking, I believe, uh, if I don't miss my, I don't have it written down here, but if, uh, if I don't miss my guess, um, it talks about abandoning or neglecting. Some people sorely neglect a time of fellowship because it's, well, you know, some people get, want, to get, want to get real religious about it. Well, that's not spiritual. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It is beneficial, not just for you, but for the other people. You know, we don't need to neglect. Honestly, for the person who comes in and, and sits in the, in the church and, and participates in the church, for them not to come to fellowships is a neglect. It's abandoning their, their brothers and sisters, really. And, and we need to be careful to understand that it's not an option. Unless there's some good reason to keep you away, you should be at any fellowship, whether it's a church-wide fellowship, and we only have three of those a year, or whether it's something to do with the connections groups that you're, that you're in. Don't forsake them. Don't abandon them. Don't neglect them. They're important. They're as important as your time here. They're fun. It's fun times, you know. And, you know, I think about the youth sometimes, you know, over there. You know, they start off with fun and games, but it's not all fun and games the entire night. They start off with that, but then the word goes in them. Listen, every fellowship is fun, but there's an element of the word. There's an, uh, there's an element of God in the midst of every single fellowship. And you should be there to take advantage of and benefit from that time. Hallelujah. Uh, it's, a, it's a spiritual discipline, just like coming to church. You know, we've conditioned ourselves. You get yourself up on Sunday mornings. You get yourself here on Sunday nights, most of us. You get yourself on Wednesday night, a little few. Well, actually, sometimes Wednesday night's bigger than Sunday night. Uh, but, uh, but we discipline ourselves to do those kind of things. We need to discipline ourselves to come to whatever is offered to us. It's really important, and they're for a lot of reasons. Go with me to John thirteen thirty-five. Hallelujah. Amen. I hope to, when we get through with this, you'll have an, a new regard for fellowship. Thirteen thirty-five. By this shall all men know you are my disciples if you have love one to another. First John. One seven. But if we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sins. Not walking in love is what you're doing when you're not, when you won't fellowship. When you won't come... It's not something that you have, should have a choice in. Some people say, well, what's, the, what's, what's, it in, what's in it for me? It's not all about you. Well, what do I have in common with these people? You have no idea till you get to know them. 
how, how, do you, how do you know you do or you don't have something in common? How do you know that the connection you make at a fellowship might get you a new house? A new job? A new spouse? Hey, I don't need a new one, but, you know, maybe you do. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> Who knows But what these things, where these things start? I love it when y'all laugh at me. Thank you very much. <laughs> but, you know, the fellowships are important for many, many reasons. And, and you, you, can, you can't decide if it's a good enough reason to go or not go. You just need to be there. Proverbs 18.24. Hallelujah. Oh, there's my notes. Okay, I wondered where those went. Proverbs. That's in the P's. Proverbs 18.24. A man that has friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Uh, Young's literal translation said, A man of friends is to show himself friendly. Sproul translation says, A man of friendliness shall have many friends. Listen, you can't have friends with a bad attitude. You can't be snarky all the time and and, and wonder why nobody wants to be your friend. You must show yourself friendly. You know, I... And, and, and to have friends, you can't be a Debbie Downer all the time. A big amen. 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 Big amen. Where's the big amen? You can't be down in the mouth all the time. Be the wet blanket to every fellowship you go to. And think you're going to get some friends out of this thing. No, they're going to go, oh, hi, oh, hi, see ya. You, you know, I hate to say it, but we, we've all been guilty of this very thing. Those are the kind of people that you really want to avoid. I, you know, I want to say, say hello. I want to hug you. I want to say good to see you, but I don't want to spend any time with you. Don't be a Debbie Downer. It's not all about you and your problems every time you get together with a group. This is not group therapy. <laughs> it is a fellowship. Fellowship means interaction, not a one-way conversation about what's going on in your life. Maybe that's your problem. You're too focused on what's going on in your life. It would be nice if you took some interest in somebody else. For a change. I, I, recall, I recall a situation many years ago where this, this couple was having some major financial problems and nobody really knew anything about it. You couldn't tell from, from their demeanor. You couldn't tell from the way they talked, the way they carried themselves, that there was something going on. But they were to the place where they were feeding their children and all they had left to eat themselves was popcorn. And then you've got this, this lady, this, 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 this other couple that had, that had been friends with them, and the husband had quit coming to church, and the wife was all upset about some things that were going on in the marriage, and she was so oblivious 
to their needs that she never once considered that, that maybe they might need something. But every time they got together, all it was about was her situation, her problem. You know, and I'm just going, what is, what is with you? Do you not, are you not considerate of anybody else that you would just take the time to just let them talk? They, even though they may not say anything about their situation, if you would just shut up long enough just to let them just, just talk, God might talk to you about doing something to be a blessing to them. After 40 years, you know, you learn some things. You know, you, you see a lot of the same things happening over and over again. You know, but it's, it's necessary, you know, not just in a fellowship time, but in a, in a friendship kind of a thing. When, you, when we're here together, you know, that we make room for other people. Uh, over in Acts the ninth chapter, the 27th verse. I won't go there right now because I, I see where my rabbit trails are taking me and I don't have much longer, so we're just going to stay right here. Uh, Acts 27, 9, 27. Barnabas brought Saul into his circle of friends. Now, these, these people that, that Barnabas brought Saul to were very skeptical. I mean, everybody knew who he was. They knew what he had been involved in. They knew he, how he had persecuted the church, and they were very skeptical of him. And yet Barnabas took him and introduced him to his circle of friends and assured them that this was, this was okay. This was going to be fine. In Galatians 2 verse 9, well, let's go to this one. Uh, Galatians 2 verse 9. Hallelujah. It says, when James who was Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship. This is a ministerial setting, but it still applies to us today. When we have people who come in who are new, we need to include them in the circle. We need to extend a right hand of fellowship to them. Um, Ephesians 4.16 says that the whole body fitly joined together. Listen, a church body is like a puzzle. You know, you've got a box. It says 500 pieces in it. So you know, okay, I've got this box, and if I open it up, there's 500 pieces in here. Well, what's the picture? Well, the picture is on the box, so I know what it's supposed to look like. But I really won't be able to see the picture until I put it all together. Every piece has a spot. Every piece has a function. And the picture is not complete until they're all joined together. Listen, God wants to add to this body. He wants to add to this church. But when somebody new comes in, it's up to us to extend the right hand of fellowship to them and to engage them in our circle of friends. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Well, I'm not asking you to kill yourself for me. I'm not asking you to martyr yourself for me. All I'm asking you is to give some of your time to me. Give some of your attention to me. I'm talking about the the person who comes in. Uh, You know, 
it's, it's imperative that we learn to do this a little better. For the most part, we do. You know, we get, we get comments all the time from people about how friendly this church is. Well, that's nice, but I don't want you to be friendly just on the surface. I want you to be friendly enough to make them a part of the family. They don't look like you. You don't know who they are. Can you, listen, I think I'm the only person in the church who knows everybody. Pit pastors always say, well, now what's their name? What's their name? What's their name? I, you know, God's blessed me with an ability to remember people and remember their names. You need to learn to do that. You need to see somebody go, I've seen them before. Let me go introduce myself. Well, I don't want to say that. I don't remember their name. I said, what's wrong with that? Just say, help me. I, I do not remember. If we, you know, I remember, you know, you told me your name. I do not remember it. And they'll go, well, you know, I'm, I'm that way too. It takes me a while to get somebody. Say, just, just be honest with somebody. I'll go up to somebody and I'll say, have we met before? And sometimes I recognize somebody who's been here a long time ago. Maybe, you know, and I say, have we met before? Yes, I have. I said, well, I thought I recognized you, but I don't really remember your name. It's okay to say you don't remember their name, you know, because they don't remember yours. So it's another opportunity for you to introduce yourself. The more you do that, the more they'll remember you. Of course, if you put up, you know, a big red nose thing on, on there, you know, they'll remember that too. But uh, you don't have to go quite that crazy. But what we need to do is we need to be aware of people. We need to be aware that there have been people who have, and I'm thinking of one couple in particular who came, who came and visited many times when they were up in this area. They, they lived in another part of the state, and they had reason to come, you know, to the Gainesville area, and every time they did, they would come and, and visit us, and, and I always knew them, and they walked in, they were, hey, it's good to see you again. How are you? I mean, it's been a while since we saw you, you know, you know this kind of thing. Then they moved up here, and they came to church. Now, I have to honestly say that they didn't do their part, but they quit coming. And you know why they said they quit coming? It's because nobody was friendly to them. Nobody wanted to make friends with them. It's not enough just to be friendly on the surface. You have to make friends of them. Now, honestly, meet and greet, they stood their ground right there, you know, whatever seat they were sitting in, they stayed there. And if you talked to them, you had to go to them. That's not them doing their part. You can't expect other people to do everything. Did we miss the boat with them? Apparently we did. But it was, it, it, I don't take as much responsibility for it as, as, as uh, I, I also say that there was as much uh, problem with that relationship that didn't get made on their side as it was on ours. Uh, they did not come to fellowships for their age group. They didn't reach out beyond just, you know, a very narrow circle around the chair they were sitting in. They, they in the, out the door just as soon as church was over. Um, but we, we lose people who could be vitally important to us, who could fulfill roles here that need to be filled, that, that have something to give, that have a supply to bring, that are part, part and parcel of that puzzle that we need to be able to, to fit together. And so we need to make sure that when people come in, 
that we do our best. If I've seen them more than once, then I need to go introduce myself again. I need to say, come sit with me. That you need to say, you know, hey, you know, just stop them before they get out the door. Talk to them. See what you can find out. Um, I'm, I'm a person of a million questions. I ask all kinds of questions. That's the way you get to know somebody. Most people don't really take that as, as being nosy. They just take it as being interested. You know, I go to a new person, you know, hey, good morning. Have we met before? Have you been here before? Well, where are you from? I'm Pastor Angela. You know, what brings you to this area? You know, do you live here? You, you know, live somewhere? I mean, I, I've got a litany of things that just naturally come out. You say, well, I'm just such an introvert. Well, I am too. So don't go there with me. I have learned to get beyond the introvert part. You know, what God wants me to do to help somebody else is more important than whether my little shyness is, is upset or not. Get out of your little box and, and go take charge of the situation and open up to somebody else and bring them in. Extend a right hand of fellowship. Introduce them to your circle of friends. Listen, now I'm going to meddle here, so if I step on your toes, I ain't sorry. When we had church-wide fellowships, too many of you, and I'm being, Pastor said, you're being stern, at least smile when you're doing it. I'm going, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I'm going to, I really am going to try. Too many of you get your own little circle of family, your own little circle of your besties, and that's where you stay. That is not the option and the reason for a church-wide fellowship. You have, the, you have your little besties and you have fellowship with them outside of, of church services already. When we have an opportunity to bring people together, people who are newer, people who maybe have not really connected real well with the church, that is your opportunity to help them connect. You don't need to connect with your bestie or your family. You're already connected. This is, not, this is an opportunity to get some new besties. This is an opportunity to make them feel like they have a new bestie. There's a survey that said that for a person to stay in a local church, they need to have at least four solid relationships. Do you need to be one of them? You know, there have been times over the years when somebody new came in and, and uh, there are certain people who would take that person on as a project and they would, and they would spend some time with them up front and by the time they were done, they moved, were ready to move on to the, somebody else who was new, they had introduced them to several people that now they had other extended relationships with. That's how this is supposed to work. But when you go to a church fellowship, whether it's the Christmas dinner or the fall fellowship, the spring fellowship, stop sitting with just your little family and your besties and include somebody else that's new. Bring them into the circle so that they feel like this is the place they can call home. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, Galatians 5.13 says, By love, serve one another. Our life is supposed to be a life of service to others. We serve him by serving others. And when we serve others, we're serving him. You can't serve him without serving others. And serving others means that you're doing something without any expectation of getting anything in return. Although I do like Zach's Mac well enough that I'd be really nice to him. <laughs> Love compels us to do this. 
If you're really going to walk in the real love of God, love compels you to be an open and caring and inclusive person to somebody new who comes in. It's the springboard for them. Somebody did that for you. When you came into this church, you didn't, a lot of you, you didn't know anybody. Maybe you knew one or two people. And look how many people you know now. Why? Because somebody else included you. Because somebody else took the time with you. Because somebody else invested in you. Because somebody introduced you to other people. And in the middle of all that, you found that you had lots in common. And even if you didn't, you just found that you liked them. You know, and that's all it took. You just liked them. People won't come back if we're not more than just surface friendly. There's several new people that have been showing up around here lately. We expect more. And so we need to, we need to step our game up. Okay? You see somebody. You know, meet and greet. It's not time to have a big conversation with somebody. It's a time to greet people and especially go look for somebody It's not familiar to you. Now, unfortunately, having said that, there are people who've been here for as much as a year that a lot of you aren't familiar with because you haven't really spent any time trying to get to them. I mean, you know, my goal, you know, on a Sunday morning during meet and greet is to say hello to as many of you as I possibly can, not stop and have long conversations, but but just greet you really, and then go grab somebody who's newer and make sure that they feel like they're included in this time. They may not be ready to move out beyond just their little little space right here. But you know what? The more we engage them, the more willing they will be to come out of that little box. You know, and God wants to bless them. He wants to, he's got something for them. But if we can't get them out of that box, they won't stay. And there's, there, people need to stay. Romans 12, verses 9 through, through 13, I, I know we're not going to have a turn there, uh, it talks about giving to hospitality. Uh, uh, I think was one of the translations says practice hospitality. That means it becomes a habit. You need to practice it on a regular basis. Webster says hospitality means to receive people generously and kindly, offering a pleasant environment. Strong says is generous to guests, fond of having guests. Uh, you know, if somebody's been here several times, what's, what's the harm in saying, hey, let's go grab some coffee after church, you know? If we get out early enough, we can make Italianos. Uh, if not, we have to settle for McDonald's. Uh, but, you know, just, just, you don't have to invite them to your house necessarily to start off with, but just something, you know, to engage them. You know, find something, you know, that you can, you can have in common that you can do. It won't kill you. It's not a waste of time. It's a time that God will reward. It's a time that God will redeem. And it's a kind of time that you, you might even benefit greatly from. Because really, when you, when you come into fellowship with other people, God speaks to you through other people. He doesn't necessarily speak to you just from the pulpit. He doesn't necessarily speak to you just in your personal prayer time and your personal devotional time. There are other ways he talks to us. And sometimes he talks to us 
through somebody else. Not, I'm not expecting anybody to go, thus saith the Lord, not that kind of thing. But just in conversation, they will say something to you that goes, you go, oh, man, that, that helped me. That was a real help. They didn't even know what they said to me, but that, that just, that just hit the nail on the head. Just something I needed right this minute. Maybe some encouragement. Maybe just, you know, they look at you and go, you know, you look really nice. Maybe you needed to hear you look nice today. You ever get up and you think, I got have, this is a major bad hair day. And somebody goes, hey, your hair looks good today. Going, what? You know, maybe you need to hear that. I don't know. You know, but there's, there's more in it for you than what you think. Hallelujah. First um, Peter 4, verses 9 and 10, it, it talks about be hospitable to one another without grudging. Without grumbling. Oh, I'm only doing this because pastor made me. I'm a greeter. I guess I got to greet. I have to look like I'm happy to greet people. Oh, my. I don't want to do this. I have to be nice. I have to make conversation. I'm not interested in you. Why, why am I even here doing this? Well, if that's going to be your attitude, please resign from being a greeter. <laughs> Quickly. I want somebody who's glad to be here. And glad to see whoever walks in the door. And glad to have a conversation with them. And glad to give them some of your time. Don't be a grump. (laughs) Verse 10 talks about every man having a gift to minister to one another. Do you know you're gifted to minister to other people? There is a huge supply on the inside of you that will be a major blessing to somebody else whether you're aware of it or whether you're not. You know, there's, there's many times, you know, I hear, you know, you know about somebody talking about, about how they got to know somebody and what a huge blessing where they don't even know how much they blessed me. Just they spent a few extra minutes with me, and, and it, just, it just meant so much. You know, okay, folks, this is where we're at. Just be grateful that you have a gift. Not every gift is demonstrated in the middle of a church service. Not every gift is demonstrated serving in a particular department. Sometimes the gift that's on the inside of you is just, is just being a part of somebody's life. Just being in their space for that short amount of time that you get to see them either here or at a church fellowship. And you can't be that blessing if you don't show up to those events. Isaiah 54, 2 says, enlarge the place of your tent. And I'm going to paraphrase that into enlarge the circle of your friends. Now, there is a responsibility on both sides of this thing. Like I talked about a couple earlier, that they did not do their part. You know, when it came to making relationships, they were expecting everybody to come to them. They came from a church where they were very involved. It was a small church, much smaller than ours, apparently. And, and they were involved in everything. They knew everybody, and they, and they felt lost when they got here. And so, so I, I, I don't, I don't uh, put all the blame on us. You know, they had, they had a job to do as well. But I remember, I remember somebody who said something to me, somebody who's been here for oh, I don't know, 15 years, you know, when they first came, they felt like, you know, nobody wanted to spend time with them, nobody wanted to reach out to them, and so they got a revelation, ha, 
Hallelujah. Can you imagine such a thing? Got a revelation. They started inviting people to their house. People they didn't know, people that they, you wouldn't necessarily think had, they had anything in common with, and they got to know some of the most fabulous people, people who were much older than them, people who were their age, people who were, you know, somewhat older than them. They invited different people to their house. You know, come over, let's just, let's make, make tacos. You know, let's do this. Let's do. Nothing big, nothing fancy. You know, nothing that would cost a lot. Just heads people over, just in dessert, whatever. And as a result of it, have made tremendous friends over the years. So when it didn't look, I, I just, I just, I kudos to them. You know, that it didn't look like it was happening. They took charge of the situation and they made it happen. We should both sides be doing our job when it comes to this. I'm telling you all this because I expect God to bring a bunch of new people in. And we have to be ready for them. We have to be glad to see them. We have to be ready to accept them and bring them into our circle and make them a part of the puzzle that God's putting together here. Enlarge the circle of our tent. You have a church family. We want to grow the family. And the way we grow it is by reaching them out and pulling them in. And there will be people who will only show up on Sunday mornings. There may be people who only show up on Wednesday nights. But you know what? It doesn't take too long before you you start having relationships with people in the church body that they start showing up for more services. No, don't have to beat them over the head with, you need to be in church three times a week. Well, they do need to be in church three times a week. But, you know, a little wisdom goes a long way. And a little wisdom says, just love them. Just love them. They'll get it, and they'll come. I've got more notes, but we will stop there for tonight. Uh, and we will see what else we have maybe for next, next week. But, um, you know, it's important. I looked around at the, at the fall fellowship, you know, just a week and a half ago, and, and I thought we could be doing better than we are. With some of these, the lot, a lot of new people showed up, newer people who have not been around very long. I, didn't, I think we could have done a much better job, you know, than we were doing. You know, I'm, I'm trying my best to get to as many people as I can, you know, at a, at a, at a fellowship. That's why I rarely sit down at one. And, uh, but it's not just my job. It's your job. It's your job. You have an equal responsibility to make these people feel welcome and at home and a place they can stay as a permanent place and become part of us. Amen. All right. I hope I didn't hurt your toes too badly tonight. If I did, come up here and we'll pray for them before you go. And I'm saying it with a smile. I love you so very much. You know, we're doing good, but we can do much better. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.